Hi, everybody. This week's edition of Tellage Talk centers around a man by the name of Pierre Woods. Now, football fans in Northeast Ohio are very much uh, aware of what Pierre Woods has done in his career. University of Michigan came from Glenville High School. Then he went on to the pros and played for Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots and has had the opportunity to be a part of a Super Bowl championship franchise. But boy, did he have obstacles in his place that he had to overcome when he was a youngster, lived in many different residences in the city of Cleveland, dealt with crime, was part of some bad stuff that was outside of the law, self-admittedly. Also fathered a child as a sophomore in high school, but did not shirk from those responsibilities. Held down a job, went to school, took care of his responsibilities with the people around him, became a good teammate, worked hard, got a scholarship, got a degree, got a master's degree, had an NFL career, and now is in that post-NFL career, uh, if you will, after playing in the National Football League. He's a great story of success, and yet he's not one of these big-time stars that you hear about, but still he's a pathfinder and a trailblazer in many ways because he was really the first young man that had the opportunity to go around and see what it would be like to play major college football. He went on a tour with the legendary coach Ted Ginn Sr. They saw many schools and as I mentioned before he wound up at the University of Michigan and the rest is history. So he's a great story of success how he came out of the environment where the crime was in his face and where obstacles were placed in front of him but he found ways to be successful, and that's why I think he's a great story and a great individual to chat with. Of course, we go back to the days when I covered him at Glenville High School. I can also recall he was a very good basketball player at Glenville High, and then when he was at the University of Michigan, I recall being at the big house when, in a rare moment, Michigan did beat Ohio State, and Pierre was part of that team that earned a trip to the Rose Bowl. In fact, the interview that I did with him on the field, he had a rose on a stem clenched between his teeth and he was talking in the interview during it. So we go back a little bit of a ways and I'm uh, really happy to present this interview to you, Pierre Woods on Tellich Talks. We're here with Pierre Woods, outstanding career in the National Football League, a product of Cleveland, Ohio. Glenville High School. Um, great catching up with you, uh, Pierre. I'd like to go back to maybe the formative years for you before you got to Glenville High School. Where did you grow up and then how did everything kind of take place to get you there? So I grew up all around Cleveland. Um, first West 25th Projects, um, Cleveland Heights, East Cleveland, 93rd and Miles, uh, 93rd and Way Avenue, um, 105 in Kempton. And then I moved in Gar Valley, and that's where uh, it all—that's that's where it ended at there, at Gar Valley. And so then you hook up with Coach Ginn at Glenville. What was that experience like for you? Um, met Coach Ginn going into my freshman year of high school. Told him I was going to be a quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> I can throw the ball far, but uh, I couldn't throw it accurate. So a little short passes. He said, you can throw the ball a mile, a mile away, but you can't throw short for nothing. <laughs> um, so he was like, how about you play some tight end and defensive end for me? And I've never played with equipment or actual equipment. I always play like street football with the guys in the neighborhood. 
So went on and um, Thurlin Hill and I call it G pool. Knocked me on my back maybe three times in a row. The fourth time I stood strong and he was like, oh, he ready, he ready. And you know, it was me and Franklin Smith. So after that, it was like, man, the rest is history. Well, we've had uh, an opportunity in, in recent years to just see how many of you guys that came through Glenville went on to play major college uh, football and then went to the National Football League. But you're really like the pioneer for that group of guys. What was it like going on these, these bus tours that Coach Ginn set up to get you exposed to what it would be like to possibly play major college football? It was first called uh, just a van tour. Um, it was me, Cedric Baker, Darius Hiley, Ted Ginn Jr., Coach Ginn, um, sometime Tone Overton, and uh, I'm trying to think what other coach would go. Some, whatever, Coach Chin, mm-hmm. Coach Fox, uh, whatever other coach would go that during that week or whatever. Well, we went to Toledo. I went to Ohio State, Ohio State Nike camp. I remember driving to Tennessee. We drove down to Georgia, to Georgia Tech. Um, stopped at Louisville. We stopped at Notre Dame. That's when Urban Meyer was there. He turned me off Notre Dame. <laughs> he did. He turned me off. He was like, hurry, you want to come here? We're going to win that championship. Da, 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 da. All this crazy stuff. Don't effing play with me, Pierre. Then two weeks later, he's at Bowling Green. <laughs> so, yeah, you, you saw a guy that kind of right. was in it for Doc, himself. Per se. I've, I've always said Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde with Urban. I mean, I respect him, but... You know, that's as far as it go. Um, then we went to Iowa, went to Indiana. Uh, Anthony Thomas was at Indiana, and he, he he the one who told me, man, you better start taping your ankles up. Uh, at Iowa, Kurt Ferentz, uh, Phil Parker, still love them guys to this day. Uh, respect them tremendously. Um, where else did we go? Went to went up to Pittsburgh. Me and Larry Fitzgerald was there. We were going to be two outside receivers. <laughs> And um, how'd that work out for you? <laughs> it would have been, you know what? It would have been great. Like if I, if I think about it, man, I probably would have, could have still been playing. Probably wouldn't have took no big hits or been hitting people. Yeah. But I love concussions I, and stuff. Yeah, I, I love the defense side of the ball, and that's what it was. So I played defense. I didn't go to Pittsburgh. I didn't like the heels there. Um, then on an unofficial visit after spring ball up in Michigan, we went up there. Me, Coach Ginn, Coach Priester drove up to Michigan. And it was it was peace and quiet. What I never I haven't heard in Cleveland for a long time. So um, I just knew that's where I was going to go. Well, and you have to I think also explain to folks listening the various areas that you grew up in in Cleveland. You were always exposed to some form of violence, one way or the other. And and there you go. But for the grace of God, that you survived that stuff and got to Glenville. Oh yeah. Um, when I was on Miles, I was a terror. I used to do things that people would be like, man, like, I can't believe Pierre did that. I, I was just bad. Then we moved on 105, and I seen something totally different. They were they were selling heroin and crack, and I was like, man, nah, I'm, not, I'm not about to do this. So I got right uh, eighth grade at, at FDR, Mr. Payne, my junior high school basketball coach, coach uh, Mr. Porter, God rest his soul, uh, Mr. Wilson. Those guys, like, they took me under their wing and was yeah. like, you know what, we're going to make sure that you're okay. And I appreciate it. To this day, Mr. Payne is still, it's like my godfather. I love him to death. Um, he, he still look out for me to this day, oh. like like a dad, you know. Um, so then, I, then Coach Jay, basketball coach, comes up to Glenville. was like, I'm not recruiting no kid to come to Glenville. 
because St. Ed's wanted me and uh, Benedictine and um, Joe's. And I was just like, you know what, I'm just going to go to the, to the public school. And it, it like we started something there in 97 that was just it's remarkable. It's unbelievable. Um, something that ha hasn't been touched. And people always say, well, you started it. And I always say, I'm just a link to the chain. And we only strong as our weakest link. So let's get back to that tour. You're, you're going to all these schools. You're getting exposed to so much and you decide on uh, Michigan. But while this is going on, real life is kind of hitting you in the face. You have a child that yeah. you've had, the, you had a child when you were in the sophomore in high school. Right, 10th grade, I had my and son. And you're working jobs. How, what was that like for you? It was difficult. I was working um, at Walmart and I, I don't know, it was a channel, I think it was you guys. Yeah came up when I was putting some carts, came up behind me with the camera in my face, and I was shocked. I think you called Coach Gein, Coach Gein was like, he's at work. And next thing you know, I had a camera in my face, and everybody was like, man, they got this kid on TV pushing a camera, I mean, pushing carts with a camera in his face. But I appreciated it. I mean, it was just showing that, you know what, the hard work and the work after the city I would put into it, and the determination I had to go off to go to school was tremendous. I mean, and I just, I just listened. And I think that's the biggest problem now and social media with the phones is, is the downfall for a lot of these kids because they don't want to listen. They think they know everything. They feel like they're entitled to everything. But I've always known, like in football, anything in life, you got to work for it. Nobody's going to give you none for free. You got to put the help. You got to put the effort in. You got to put the work in for it. And you got to be determined and be committed to what you're going to do in order to get to where you need to be in life and be successful. Mm -hmm. So how tough was it, though, to juggle? You're working a job. You've got a child. It, it was real tough. It was real tough uh, to, because at nighttime I was at school. And I, you're playing sports. I was, I was staying in Garden Valley. My son, and mom stayed in East Cleveland. We're going to Glenville. I would have to go home. Well, I, I would go home, go to school, workouts in the morning. Coach Fisher, guy, I love Coach Fisher. Thank you, Coach Fish. Pick me up in the morning, drop me off at school. I would catch the bus at times, um, but. Just to go to workouts, then I'm in school the whole day. After school, practice. After practice, take a little wash up, go up the hill, see my son, go to work. From work, when I get my little break, 15 minute break, whatever, I'm doing my homework. Lunch break, doing my homework and eating. Mm -hmm. Like, and if anybody know me, they know I don't eat fast. <laughs> I eat real <laughs> slow, but um, I, I put on a lot. I put on a lot. So, you know, meaning that I eat a lot of food. Um, and, it just, it, it all worked out for the grace of God, but I, I was determined to do it and I was focused enough to do it. And I really, really worked at it. And like, it, it wasn't easy at all, but I did it. Well, you had a responsibility and you followed through on it. So what kind of message would you have for a young, uh, young gentleman nowadays that might have a couple of responsibilities come their way, but maybe choose not to, uh, to fulfill those? You gotta stay committed. Um, stay focused and if you want to get out of cleveland with all with everything now it's, it's way worse when you than, say get out of cleveland you mean just get away from uh, well yeah the just crime not, and, yeah and, just and, just get away go to school get away from all the things that you see that you're used to okay, right. um like we all a product in our environment in a sense but you don't have to be you know just because you're from this area from these these neighborhoods it doesn't mean that you have to be a product of your environment Got it. you know where you're from always remember where you from like i know i'm from them bricks the red bricks right there in west 25th projects i the, the row houses is closed down now but i know that's where i'm from that's where i came up at 
those were the beginnings i remember running through the projects but that doesn't mean that's who i am that they, the projects didn't define me cleveland heights didn't define me east cleveland 105 93rd that didn't define me garden valley didn't define me i define me and you got to be more focused and more determined because people are looking like when, when kids nowadays say glenville other kids like man you know, he's from glenville let's just get him you know, that's, but at the same time, a lot of these kids be on social media and they be barking at each other, going back and forth and saying things that they shouldn't be saying. And like, I'm this or I'm that. Like, I didn't worry about that. I just wanted to be me. Mm-hmm. And that that was the most important thing, just being myself, not being somebody else, you know, just really just being myself and being humble and, and being having humility and really just knowing what you want to do in life. And I think at a young age, I knew what I wanted to do, even with the son. Uh-huh. And you continue that, uh, and so you're down. You're in Ann Arbor. You're getting your education. You're working towards a degree, and you're playing for the Wolverines. Um, so, what were people back in Cleveland saying to you or about you? Was there even an aspect of when you first started in Michigan, you didn't want people to know you were there because the people from the city would come no, after you? I, I really didn't even care. It was just, you know, I was at a great university, and I knew that I wanted a challenge. I think in high school, we just had regular education at the time, and I wanted to challenge myself. Um, a lot of, when I first got on campus, it was a, um, inter- something that was on the internet saying that the guys that were making and guys that didn't, and at the bottom it said me, saying oh. I wouldn't graduate, uh, I wouldn't make it out of, out of the University of Michigan, and I just wanted to prove my, to myself more than anybody else that I could do it. So that's what I buckled down and did, and uh, did, um, did. And my mom always used to say, she was like, you know, baby, I love you and Jesus love you. And don't ever worry about what nobody say about you. You know, just go out and just work hard. And if you believe you can achieve. Mm-hmm. And that's something I've always believed. And I mean, I always had that belief in me. So the same thing that my mother instilled in me, I still in my children to this day. So when I, my son that, you know, back then, now he's 20 years old, he's in the army. And then I found out about my other son who went to Maslin High School, Kai. And I'm thankful that I found out about him and I'm in his life and he's going to University of Akron. And I, who knew? I never knew he played football and he plays football and he's, he's great at it. And I, my daughter, my oldest girl, she's 13. She's a genius. Um, she scored a 22 on the ACT at age 11. Yeah, and then my twins, uh, one is in gymnastics and the other one's just a little diva. But and they, and they make good grades, you know. I'm, I tell them, you know, make all A's and maybe one B and we'll go on trips. So they like to go to different places and I'll take them just on the basis. You make sure you do, you do good in school, listen to your mom and do what you're supposed to do. And that's what we do. That, those are our agreements. How tough was it at Michigan as the years went on to continue your responsibilities for a young child, for a child? and also to be a, a student athlete, to get your grades, to play on Saturdays, and to further along that path that you kept wanting to stay on and not deviate from. Sometimes it was tougher than others. Like if anybody knew my senior year of high school, I was put on child support. Now mind you, like I had that little job, but I was also making sure that my son was taken care of and I would make sure his mom had money and my mother. Um, by, the end, I was, by the end of my junior year, I believe in October, well, was it, no, March of my junior year, our lights got cut off all the way until my senior year at the end of October. I so, never told anybody. So never, you had no electricity for basically a year and a half. And I believe the the news came to my house, but it was during the daytime, and did an interview in the house, 
So we let the blinds up. So no one knew. They, that they the didn't time. know, and I, I never said anything. And it was just something that I told my mom. I said I'll never go through this again in life, and I meant it. And thank God I haven't. You know, I, I can honestly say that. Um, but that was that was a trying time. And people was like, "Well, you're going to Michigan, and you're doing this, and you're doing that." And I'm just like, well, you just don't know what I'm going through. But I never said nothing either, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just kept it to myself and just, you know, kept my head down. My mother would go to my cousin's house and my sisters then went to my other sisters' house. But I stayed there. And my uncle came down and he rigged, he jig rigged the, the light in the back of the house and put a fuse in there. He took the light off of the fuse in there so I could have electricity to do my homework at night. Wow. And true story. And people, like, would have never known that. But that's something that, you know, grew with roaches and rats, you know, like, it's, it's, it's something that you, you went through in the projects and it was like all right this is part of my history but what my history can my, my past cannot be my future so my future became way better and when I got to school it was difficult with having a son and you know living my personal life and then doing football and school it was just difficult because his mom was making it difficult for me and I got mad love for her Latoya Gamble like she she knows that but at that time, it was like we, we didn't have the best relationship because we broke up, and um, that's just what it was. Yeah. But I just wanted to make sure that I stayed in my child's life. And then I met my ex-wife in school, and we had my daughter Paris, um, and we got married, and then we got divorced, and all these different things. But I just became, I didn't know, my, my dad passed away when I was 15, so I didn't know how to be a man, quote-unquote. I Who just taught knew, you? Just watching the guys around me, like Mr. Payne, Mr. Perkins, Coach Ginn, Coach Chin, Coach Fox, uh, Coach Houston, Coach Priester, Coach Shorts, Coach Bobo. Um, you're like, naming mostly coaches, but yeah. you're not naming like men from the neighborhood. True? Yeah, true. Okay. True. Um, uh, my oldest brother, who God rest his soul, my going to my senior year, he passed away. Um, you know, that's who taught me. Mm-hmm. Those guys, and I mean, I learned as much as I can from them. It may not be in them telling me verbally, but just watching them and how they moved and what they said to someone else. And I just did the best, the best I can do. And, and to this day, I still do the best that I can do. Not perfect, none of us are, but I just do the best that I can do for my P- children. So, Pierre, how'd you get from the University of Michigan? You were not drafted. Right. But you played five seasons with, with the Patriots. Yes, sir. For Coach Belichick, how did you get? How did that experience um, work out for you in terms of getting picked up by them and then making your way so you could stick with a team that would perennially be one of the best in the game? Well, I had a coach, and I don't think I ever told this story. I had a coach in college that we left New Michigan, went to the Jets. Okay. Um, not gonna name his name. You know, he knows who he is. Um, but then he was like, you know, Pierre, come to the Jets after the draft. You know, I'll make sure you get $2,500. And think about New York, New Jersey, $2,500 is not going to be anything. Nothing. <laughs> so my agent, uh, Cornrich, um, yep, hooked deal. the deal up, hooked the deal up with uh, New England, gave me, got me like $7,500. I owe people some money, paid them back. And I drove a 1999 Ford F-150 up to New England. And I got there, I think, two days before we were supposed to report. And I met Miss Nancy, and I love Miss Nancy. Miss Nancy loves me, and if anybody ever see her at the Combine, if you ever go to Combine, you'll see her. She's with New England. And I told Miss Nancy, I said, she was like, why'd you driving up? I said, because I'm not leaving. 
And she was like, oh, well, I like that. I like that. So every year, every holiday, Mother's Day, you know, holidays, I always shoot her a text to this day. And I tell her, you know, happy holidays, uh, happy Mother's Day, whatever. But I just told her I wasn't leaving. And that, that's what I meant. That was just my passion, my dream. I got long arms. I, had, I can run. I was big enough, strong enough, fast enough. So, And I felt like I was a private playing football at the University of Michigan my last two years. So that's what I took. And that's what drove me to be able to make that team. And um, some people feel like, you know, they'll say, well, you know, I, I may help them get in that team. And that's fine. But um, at the end of the day, the person that's out there has to make the team. Nobody can make like like Bill always says. There's no pill that you can take that's gonna make you you know be in great condition. There's no pill you can take. Right. If it was, everybody there's no, would take. There's it. no life hacks. As the kids today like to say, what's the what's the hack? Get you know the shortcut, if you will. There's, it's, there's it's, nothing. There's it's no what shortcuts. I it's what I say to kids is is this. You, you gotta don't don't cheat yourself. Treat yourself. Right. In order to make it, you can't cut. You can't shortcut the line if you got to touch that line touch that line every time if you don't touch that line what you're doing is shortcutting yourself you're cutting yourself short on life and then your future and right. each second that goes by that's your future you know we got 86,400 seconds in a day that's what we had i learned that in michigan um what are you doing each second are you moving forward or are you moving backwards if you're going backwards you ain't moving forward so your future is not there and then all it takes is a split second for anybody to be here or be gone that's it and so you're at New England, and you're playing for arguably the greatest coach in the history. Hands of the down, game. the greatest coach and to me. So what was his influence towards you? What did you get from that experience those five years? It was no Bill? shortcutting. Uh, Bill Belichick is hands down to me one of the greatest coaches. Coach Ginn as well, um, two of the greatest coaches I've ever had in my life. Um, big influence on me about life. Not yeah. just not even about football, but just about life. Yeah. Like more so than anything. Belichick it just hit you with life lessons that you wouldn't be ready for, you know. Um, but also just I learned so much from him, like about football. Like football, like if 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 you have the time to allow me to teach your team uh some things, you would never lose. And that's because he he he, he wanted and he demanded perfection. Now it wasn't gonna be for perfect, right. but on an outside of the door going to New England, it says be on time, put the team first, be attentive, and do your job. Yeah. That's we on hear a, that a lot. Do that's, your job. That's on the outside of that door coming into the building. And when you're leaving out, I just said these things to one of my friends, so that's the reason why I'm thinking about it. It says, don't fuel or believe the hype, ignore the noise, manage expectations, and I forget the last one. But it's been on the door since 07 and it's still there and they live by it and he quizzes you on it and if you don't know it you're going to run extra gassers and everybody from the head to the from the, from the top of the chain to the low part of the chain everybody gets it humble pie he will humble every brady and people yep. are like oh he don't say nothing to brady yes he does he gets it more than probably anybody because he's the team leader but everybody gets it. Nobody is exempt from it. You know, from a coach to the players to the quality coordinators to the people of in the head at the front of the office. Um, uh, Nick Casario, you know, yeah. he, he, everybody gets it. And that's why they are so successful. And I just pray that the Browns be the same way. 
Yeah, we can get into the Browns here in a second or, or so, uh, but your story is just so fascinating because continuing to this day, you, you've got, you continued, continued to get your education, got your degree, got your master's. Yeah, from the University of Miami of Florida. And for what? Um, I want to start a business, uh, car hauling, um, and then eventually uh, getting two dump trucks and just brokering them out here in the city of Cleveland mm -hmm. um, and just letting the business grow. And that's something that I've, I've talked to my cousin about, some of my friends, um, uh, people that's personally close to me. Um, I, I definitely believe that it can happen. Um, the entrepreneur class I took down at the University of Miami, Florida, I loved it. It was a young kid from Shaker Heights who's a multi-billionaire. All he does is buy land by the, by the ocean and buys it for like $4.3 And next thing you know, he got a billion-dollar deal. So, and this is a kid that's younger than me. He graduated from Shaker, I think, in 03, um, 04, or something like that. But yeah, he, you know, he came from home beginnings. Mm -hmm. And like some, someone I can call and talk to. I got his card. I can't think of his name right now, but I have his card. So um, that's something that I want to do. I think that it will be beneficial for my, my kids and myself. And then eventually my son can run the company uh, and my daughters and however it goes and you're not afraid of the hard work that will come with you got to get this thing up and no, running and you got to do it the right way everything is hard work it doesn't make a difference what it is like i was talking i just when i was out in vegas uh michi johnson that's my guy i've been knowing him since i was kids him sonny and juby um and that's the name of they, they, their, their basketball yep. team hard yeah, work yep and that team they, family yeah they went down to florida and won nationals then they just won big times out in vegas, vegas. they just won that same tournament and it, it, that's all it takes is hard work. And then you got to believe in yourself, even when nobody else believes in you. If somebody tell you you can do it or you can't do it, you know, especially when they say you can't do it, you just got to prove them wrong. Prove yourself right, prove them wrong, and just believe in yourself and work hard. If you work hard at whatever it is that you want in life, you're going to get it. You just got to believe. People, like I always say, my, my quote is, the Nike quote, just do it. Yeah. You know, people love wearing Nikes, but they just don't do it. But then when you think that, that that just do it is impossible, you like the Yeezys, they like Adidas, okay, you pay a lot of money for them Yeezys, almost three, $400, but you, you got to know the quote for Adidas, impossible is nothing. You got to believe it. You have to believe it. Nobody, when nobody else is going to believe it, you got to believe in yourself. And you could probably uh, uh, put what you're saying to me on tape or in the digital format and just send it out to kids today and have them listen to the message of be accountable for yourself yeah do the right thing and carry yourself the way just do things carry yourself the way that you want to the way you're supposed to carry yourself treat people the way you want to be treated you know be respectful don't walk around with your pants all down people know who you are by your character if if anybody pays attention to you know like they say i'll pay attention to football and, and this and that um Fitzgerald at uh, Pat Fitzgerald at Northwest. Love him. Never met him, okay. but love him. Just on a simple basis, the man said, "I know who you are by your social media." And kids, I, I swear, I was at the mission camp. Took my son up there one year, and Fitzgerald was there, and him and Harbaugh are real tight. Yeah. And he was like, um, "All the guys that you know, I shook they, they shook my hand earlier, saying that they're nice guys." Isn't it? He said, "I really know who you are." And he said, "Well, how?" He said, "Through your social media." He said, I'm that girl that you was talking to. So these coaches know they, they want great character guys and they mean it. 
but you got to have that character. You got to know how to carry yourself. You got to want to be the person that you're supposed to be. I've been telling these kids at Glenville that for the longest. These coaches look at these social media sites. They see who you really are. You, you portray to be one way when you're in front of them, but then they see you and how you really are when you're on your social media. Yeah, that's your personal account, but still carry yourself the same way. Yeah. Because no matter what, somebody always had an eye on you. So. We're, we're really at a divide here in the country where so many young people are at the point where they feel they have to put on a certain front. I'm not saying all, but many do. We'll put on a certain front, and the greatest thing that you can do for yourself and for others is to be authentic. And That's sometimes it. it's hard for uh, someone to get that message that being authentic is really the best that, thing that you can that's do. That's all I can be is Pierre. That's it. I can't be nobody can't be, else. You can't be me. I like, can't be you. My, my nickname is Pep. Everybody like from the neighborhoods, they know me as Pep. They know me. But um, I'm just Pierre. I'm just, just a regular guy, a regular kid from Cleveland, Ohio that made a way to, you know, go and play ball. And, I, and I, I've been telling kids and I'll tell people, whatever. If I, if I had seen that movie Concussion my freshman year of high school, who knows? I probably wouldn't have played football. I mean, I honestly believe that, like, football, like, has brought me greatness and has brought me sadness. And in the sense that my body is messed up and didn't even know it until I went to get the MRIs and the x-rays. and. How many concussions did you have? Man. They, that they, we know of. So they say the form of concussion is when you see those little dots. Yeah. I've seen those dots thousands of times. And you're not unique, I don't think, no. for guys that have played the game. I mean, and this is everybody. I, th I think guys that play, anytime you see those little dots, you got a concussion, and it's, it's just a small form. Um, I know when I broke my jaw, I definitely had one, but just the, the drilling in and being, be, wanting to be tough, it's like, no, nah, I'm fine. Like, But I just remember the lights being out. That, that was it. It happened so quickly. Um, but it, it's... It's part of the game, and that's something that I, I told my sons. You know, this is part of the game. Like, you you make this choice to play this game. It's on you, but you know what comes with it. I'm showing you. I told you. I love the game of football. It brings it brings kids together to as, a, as a collective one for a common goal. And you learn teamwork if you're really about teamwork. And that's what football is all about, basketball. It's about teamwork, baseball. If you can do the teamwork aspect of it and stick together and, and fight for one another, nothing else should matter. And you've gotten so much out of the game, but as you mentioned, there's a price that not oh, just a yourself, price. but uh, and you have to be willing to reconcile yourself to that, that there are physical prices that we pay. And, and, and that's why they changed the game. So like- They had to change the game, didn't right. they? Me and Ronnie Harrison will say that they sissified the game <laughs> in a sense. Um, Football, like, I just remember from high school, college, even in the pros, that we just hit, 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 hit. That's all I remember. Like, the year we went 16-0, and 0, for 13 weeks straight, we had on pads. That's unheard of. It's crazy. I mean, I know teams that have lost games. Detroit that year went 0-16. We went 16-0. and 0. I'm pretty sure they didn't have a pads on every day. And it wasn't that Ryan Millinery was a, a terrible coach. I think he was a great coach. He's coaching Dallas Cowboys, that defensive line, and they're doing excellent. So it's just the fact that Bill has a philosophy, and his philosophy works. And if you, you don't want to do it the Patriot way, that's fine. That's that's on you. But I tell you what, guys that stay become champs. The same thing in Michigan. We say those who stay will become champs. So that's something that we believe. It's, that's our philosophy. So you just got to stick with the philosophy, and I, I, I definitely believe that. So um, it's, just, it's just part of the game. 
Pierre, you mentioned the Patriots way, uh, being a Cleveland kid. What do you think now with the current regime of the Browns? What's the Browns way? What do you think the Browns way is as they move forward with all this talent in Berea? Right now, with all the talents that the Browns have, the Browns, on paper, looks like the 07 Patriots on paper. And that, that's huge to say. I mean, they ain't got the height. I think if Odell was 6'4", like a Randy Moss, it'd be scary. I mean, I'll still take Moss. No no, no disrespect to Odell. He's a Hall of Famer. Moss is something special, man. I, I've seen it on a basketball court, and I've seen it on a football field. But um, they definitely have something special in Berea right now. And they just got to put it all together. And the, the biggest thing is that you have to protect Baker, no matter what, by all means necessary. And this is a Malcolm, Malcolm X quote. By all means necessary, protect Baker. Because I've, I've been asking people, you know, we win a division. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. Well, we can't talk about it. You got to be about it. You got to play the game. You got to play the game. And he must be protected because he has the biggest target on him like no other. Like I'm talking about his other teams out here. The guys like, oh, no. Our division and Baker has the biggest target on him. And and if if he don't know it, I'm pretty sure he's going to know it. Well, big fella, I wish you nothing but the best. I know uh, we go back a long way. I remember covering you in high school. I remember being at the uh, at the big house after you beat Ohio State yeah, to yeah. go to. That was my one win, by yeah. the way. That was my <laughs> one win. But you beat Ohio State that that particular. I remember Troy Smith coming over to, to congratulate yeah, you. That's, that's you know, one of your buddies you played with over at Glenville. So nothing but success to you and your family. And uh, uh, if I need a car shipped, I know the guy to talk to. Yes, sir. Thank you. God bless. Thanks very much to Pierre Woods for the great chat. Also bringing to your attention the fact that we interviewed Ted Ginn Sr. in a previous episode. That was episode 12 as we got the podcast up and running. I sat down with Ted in his office and he talked about the challenges of dealing with young people that have issues and then helping them get along the path of life and be successful human beings. He truly is one of the uh, bright lights in the city of Cleveland, Ted Ginn Sr. and Pierre Woods is a young man who took a lot of his lessons to heart, owes a lot to Coach Ted Ginn Sr., but also knows that much of what he succeeded uh, with in both the business world and or, of course, the football world and in school, he did because he had the determination to be a success. If you like this interview, would you kindly subscribe to us? We're on all the different platforms and rate the uh, interview and rate the podcast as best as you can and share it if possible. I certainly would appreciate that. And that's the situation in terms of this issue of Tellage Talks, Pierre Woods, Glenville High School, the University of Michigan, and the New England Patriots. Thanks for listening. We'll see you the next time on Tellage Talks.